0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I've really enjoyed using hymns this month. I may not have chosen your favorite, but you could certainly pull out the lyrics of your favorite hymn and search for scriptures that relate to the hymn all on your own. Now, what a wonderful jumping off point, right? And just like our contemporary songs, there's always a story behind the song. Now, this week, I asked my boss what his favorite hymn was, and he said, Come Thou Fount. And I found this beautiful rendition by Hillary Scott and the Scott family, and that's the one I'm going to use this week. Now, when I asked why he liked this particular hymn, he replied that there was one line that resonated with him the most, the line that says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Boy, isn't that the truth. <laughs> now, I started out with the same way I did last week. Uh, as I just dug, dug into scripture this week, I found an article that gave me a list of scriptures that related to the hymn. And I looked them all up and I jotted them down. But I found this week that I came back to these this one big idea for each verse of the hymn. Now Hillary Scott's version doesn't include all of the verses, but you know me, it's less about the song and more about the scripture. But if you want to meditate on a version of the hymn that has all verses this week, there are many options out there. You can just pick your favorite. So, taking the big idea from each verse of the song, that's the pattern I'm going to use this week. Here we go. The first verse of the hymn states, Come thou fount of every, every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love now psalm 877 says of the musicians it says as they make music they will sing all my fountains are in you now the hymnist names the god uh, names god as the fount of every blessing and the psalmist says it this way all my fountains are in you and isn't that the truth he is our fount of living water but the phrase that sticks out the most to me in that in that first verse of the hymn is tune my heart to sing thy grace. And have you ever heard a musician tune their instrument? You know, first of all, when it's out of tune, there's something that's just off about it, and the song doesn't come out right, you know? And no matter the experience of the musician, he could be a master musician, but if he's playing an instrument that's out of tune, he can't make beautiful music. And my heart, it gets out of tune. And I've mentioned this before, but rather than sing God's praise, I tune my heart to rehearse my sorrows instead. So this line, tune my heart to sing thy grace, really, really resonates with me. And the truth is that all my fountains are in him. That is the truth. And all of the refreshing, life-giving fountains of blessing are in God alone. And I want to allow him to tune my heart to sing his grace because his streams of mercy that never run dry they do call for songs of loudest praise don't you agree so here we come to my favorite reference in the song so that's the first verse of the hymn the second verse in fact hillary sings it in her version so let's go ahead and listen and then i'll talk to you on the other side here i raise my ebenezer hither Now, what is an Ebenezer, you might ask? Uh, It's a direct reference to this wonderful story found in 1 Samuel. And you might think that the reference is found in chapter 7, but you really need to read the entire story in context to get the complete picture. That is a Bible interaction tool exercise, by the way, to read in context. And I use bites in my own study. I share them with you on the podcast to help you keep your time in God's word rich and varied. So let's head over to 1 Samuel. Here's a little bit of a recap, but I really, really hope that you take time to check it out yourself. So Eli was the priest over Israel. He had a couple of wicked sons that would not take rebuke Or direction from their father. It was too bad, too, because they sinned against God. And later on in the story, God made sure that they paid the price for that sin with their lives, actually. Now, the Philistines lined up to attack the Israelites, and they suffered great losses, the Israelites did. They lost like 4,000 men. So the Israelites had the bright idea that because the Ark of the Covenant wasn't with them, that that is why God wasn't with them, and that's why they lost so many men. So they took the Ark into battle with them. The thing is, is that God wasn't with them because they had turned, turned their hearts away from the Lord and their hearts were not tuned to sing of his grace and they mixed in other gods and their hearts were divided and God does not want divided hearts. He wants wholehearted or nothing, but, um, I digress. Anyway, so their plan did not work. They were defeated like another 30,000 men defeated, including Eli's two wicked sons and the ark was seized. So when the Ark of the Covenant was seized by the Philistines, it actually brought horrible consequences on the Philistines, rats and tumors, to be specific. The Philistine people were dying, and when they put the Ark in the temple with their God, Dagon, uh, their God ended up on his face before God, literally. So the, the, uh, they, they realized in short order, it took about seven months, but they realized that they needed to return the Ark to the, to the Israelites. That part of the story is very interesting, too. But the story continues until chapter 7. Now, you're going to hear it says, So Samuel said to the Israelites, and you're thinking, what what happened to Eli? Well, upon hearing of his son's death, um, deaths, Eli ended up dying as well. And then Samuel becomes the man of God for the Israelites. So Samuel said to all the Israelites, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the ashtaroths and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their baals and Astraths and served the Lord only. Then Samuel, Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah, and when the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled there, they came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines, and they said to Samuel, Do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines." Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites." The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below beth Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. And throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns from Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to Israel, and Israel delivered uh, the neighboring territory from the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. All right, what happened here? I know it was a kind of a, a larger section of this story, but you see confession... You see repentance, sacrifice, and a spiritual marker in the form of a rock as a witness or a testimony to God's provision and character. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Now, one of my favorite lessons that I've ever taught of all time was on the Ebenezer Stone. We were discussing it in Sunday school. It was a class of adults, and I had each person or each couple bring their own Ebenezer, something that reminded them of a time when God had helped and reminded them of God's character toward them. And it was a really powerful, it was so powerful, actually, that I still remember the stories today. I brought in a tablespoon. Because there was a time that my grandfather was sent home to die. He he was in the hospital and he was losing so much blood that they could not pump enough blood in him to replace the blood that he was losing. But he wanted to die at home. And so against medical advice, he checked out and he went home. At that point, he spit up a tablespoon of blood. That was it. He stopped bleeding and he lived another 14 years. That was my Ebenezer. That was my thus far the Lord has helped. So I brought in a tablespoon. Another couple brought in a photo of their car from a terrible accident that they should have died in. Thus far the Lord had helped. Um, or, Or the guy who brought in zip ties for the time that he was robbed at gunpoint and tied up with zip ties but was unharmed in the end. Thus far the Lord has helped for the shard of tile that another couple brought in from the time a lightning bolt struck their home traveled down their chimney exploding their tile fireplace surround into deadly shrapnel that literally lodged itself in the walls and in the sofa across from the fireplace had anybody been sitting there that they would have been barraged with this shrapnel but no one was home at the time thus far the lord has helped What what is your Ebenezer? Raise it up in to the Lord in remembrance and acknowledgement of his goodness and provision. Here I raise my Ebenezer, here thereby thy great help I've come. Now the next verse in our hymn says this. Oh, that day when freed from sinning, I shall see thy lovely face. Clothed then in the blood washed linen, how I'll sing thy wondrous grace. Come, my Lord, no longer tarry. Take my ransomed soul away. Send thine angels now to carry me to realms of endless day. If we run over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, It's often referred to as the love chapter, but I don't want you to miss the ending of that chapter, because it says, beginning in verse 9, "...for we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears." Oh, that day when freed from sinning, I shall see thy lovely face is what our hymn says. And our scripture says, when completeness comes, God's revealed himself to us through his son. But when we look at Jesus through the word of scripture, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. When completeness comes, we will see fully face to face. There are things that I can know now, that's true, but what I know is only part of what there is to know. When completeness comes, I will know fully, even as I am fully known. Wow, there's, there's a lot in there, okay? Uh, I don't even have time to unpack it even further. Perhaps you will use the bite of journaling this week to unpack some of that for yourself. If you're not a journaler, Try it. Just try it this week. Use this part of the hymn and this part of 1 Corinthians 13 to explore further. All right. Finally, the last verse of our hymn. O oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let that goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Now, the hymnist wasn't the first to acknowledge our tendency to wander from God. From the dawn of time, we have been prone to wander. And instead of taking God at his word and taking the promised land as promised, the Israelites wandered, right? That's a very famous famous wandering uh, recorded in scripture. But even after all of that wandering, all the lessons learned, <laughs> Their hearts were still prone to wander. Just listen to what God told Moses as he gathered Moses and Joshua together. He was getting ready to commission Joshua and Moses was about to die. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, the Lord said to Moses, you are going to rest with your ancestors and these people will soon prostitute themselves to the foreign gods of the land they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I made with them. Now, this was just a few verses after he promised to go with them and defeat their enemies before them and give them the promised land. And they heard all that. They knew that God was with them and all they had to do was keep their hearts tuned to sing his grace. But they wandered. Of course, their wandering didn't happen immediately. But if you continue to read the Old Testament, you will see that indeed it did happen. And we are not greater than the Israelites that went before us. Our hearts, too, are prone to wander but we offer our wandering hearts up to our heavenly father he will take and seal them for his courts above in fact paul teaches us in his letter to the ephesians that when we hear the gospel message and believe it we are sealed just like our hymn sings of in first corinth i mean sorry in ephesians 1 verse 13 And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So from our hymn and the scripture we ask God to tune our hearts to sing his grace in fact we raise our ebenezers to remember the times that he has helped us but they are a, a bit of a reflection of what we will see in full when the time of completeness comes and we are freed from sinning and we see his lovely face we can look forward to that glorious day because he indeed takes our flawed and wandering hearts and seals them for His courts above, give praise to our fount of every blessing. We praise You, Most High God. All our fountains are in You. So, what's next? Well, choose a phrase that resonates with you from our hymn. Spend some time in Scripture this week. Maybe find your own path. Perhaps you could take your time th- uh, in and spend some time in the story found in First Samuel chapters four through seven. And it may just inspire you to pull out your own Ebenezer stone and add a symbol of remembrance to your walk with God. Perhaps you need to surrender to the call of the gospel. Perhaps you need to believe and receive the seal of the Holy Spirit on your life. Pray and ask God to guide you this week, but don't miss this opportunity to spend some time with him in his word, in prayer, in praise, and in remembrance. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at MichelleNezat.com, or you can hop on Twitter at Michelle or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. We can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, The TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. But more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. And when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10 day series of devotions that I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Elizabeth from London, Crystal from uh, British Columbia, Canada, Debbie from Ohio, and Marielle from the Philippines. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from an email that I send once a week. In that email, you will get a weekly memory verse resource. You can display it on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop. You can even print it out. You will also get an email recap of the week's episode, and you will get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time. And all of that is my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michelleknizat.com to subscribe today. Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes or Stitcher Radio if you have an Android device. And while you're there, please leave me a written review and a star rating. This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will begin using Christmas music throughout the month of December to point us back to Scripture. And I will be using When Hope Came Down by Carrie Job to jump into Scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to or forward slash 197. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.